Hey everyone, welcome to Take Heart Today. In Ezekiel 37, God gives Ezekiel this incredible vision. He takes him to a valley full of dry, dry bones. And uh, he shows him around the valley so he gets a good look at all the bones. And then he asks him a question. He says, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel replies, sovereign Lord, you alone know. What I find fascinating about this vision is that Ezekiel isn't just taken to a valley that is dry and desolate where there's an absence of life. He's taken to what is effectively a mass grave where there is the positive presence of death. You know, he's walking around with bones crunching underneath his feet. God takes him to a valley full of death and he asks him the question, can this live? And I think there's something incredibly profound about Ezekiel's answer to the Lord, because he doesn't say, yes, I've got loads of expectation that these bones are suddenly going to come to life again. Nor does he say, no way, it's completely impossible. What he says is, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And what I love about that answer is it's a way of saying, I don't have a clue, but with faith. Ezekiel uh, knows himself, so he knows that his, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand. He, he knows that this question in many ways is a mystery to him. It's much too big a question for, for little old Ezekiel and his tiny little mind. And so he, he doesn't know. But the other thing that he does know is that God is vast and God is powerful. God is sovereign. God is Lord. He's the Almighty. And that he knows all things. And so his answer is basically... I don't know, but I trust that you do know. And I've found over the last few years that has been for me a really helpful prayer, a really helpful way of addressing God. When I found myself struggling with something, um, it, it's for me become a way of saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but I trust that you do understand it. I trust that you understand what is happening, that you know what you're doing. And Ezekiel, in this moment as well, what I also find really interesting is he doesn't say, I don't know, can you tell me? Or, you know, Lord, can you let me know? He doesn't say that. He just says, I just trust that you know. And it reminds me of this funny little psalm that pops up, um, Psalm 131, which is just three verses long. And the first two verses say this, My heart is not proud, Lord, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quietened myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child I am content. That the psalmist there is just saying this is, there are some questions that for me they're just too big. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to calm and quieten myself before you. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't wrestle with big questions. Loads of the other Psalms are full of questions and they're all wrestling with asking, trying to ask God about stuff and understand. And, and you know, it's, we're told in Scripture to love God with all of our minds. And that involves asking big questions, hard questions, stretching ourselves to really get him. But there is a place for recognising that he is God and we are not. 
And there is a time, as well as a time for asking and wrestling, there is a time for quietening and stilling ourselves before him, like a weaned child in this picture. That always reminds me of my kids after tea. If you look at the contrast between my, my boys before tea at like 4.30 and then after tea by about sort of six o'clock, they're, they're like completely different children, you know? And all that's happened in between is they've had some chicken nuggets if dad's doing tea or a vegetable risotto if mum's cooking tea. But they've, they've been fed and there's this contentness to them. And it, it, it gives us this picture of what it is to be in a position where we can just trust that God understands what he's doing and be content with that. Even, if we, even when we don't know, especially when we don't know. Okay, I read this passage, Ezekiel 37, when I was doing a placement at a hospital a few years ago. I was training to be a vicar and I was doing a chaplaincy there. And it really impacted me the two weeks that I spent there, mainly because of the, the amount of suffering that suddenly I came face to face with. Not suffering as an abstract, abstract theological question, but, but just sitting by the bedsides of people who were going through the most horrific things. You know, being in intensive care with somebody who was about to have to switch off their, their husband's life support machine when just that morning he'd been fine or sitting next to the bedside of some elderly people and getting an insight not just into the physical pain that they were going through, but into the emotional absence of, of anybody in their lives. Um, and that that had gone on for decades sometimes and just seeing a little window into the loneliness that some people have to cope with. And that really shook me up. And I remember just not understanding and walking home every night, just, just wrestling with this big question of, why are you allowing this to happen, God? And, you know, all those questions that we ask. And, and I read the, the Valley of Dry Bones halfway through this, and I, and I saw Ezekiel's answer uh, to the Lord's question, can this situation be turned around, basically, and him just saying, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And that became how I found peace during a time when I'm not sure there was um, an answer that I would have ever found that satisfying to trust that God understands and God knows. And for us, as we look at the places of, maybe maybe horror is the wrong word, but where we're really hating what we see in our lives, maybe in our mental health or our physical health or some other aspect of our lives or in, in the lives of people around us or in the situations in the world that we see at the moment, there is a place for praying, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. It's a way of saying, I don't understand this, but I trust that you do. And I trust that you are in charge. And what I love is the vision doesn't stop there. So then what happens next, you can read it, is, um, you know, God says, I'm going to bring this to life, basically. And he tells Ezekiel to prophesy and the spirit blows and all the bones come together and they form this vast and living army. And then the Lord says to Ezekiel, he explains, he says, look, this, these bones are the people of Israel. They represent Israel who were in exile at that time and they'd lost their hope and he says to them I'm gonna I'm gonna bring them up out of the grave and so what we're saying when we say sovereign lord you alone know is is we're, we're saying we don't know and we trust that you know because you're all powerful and you're all knowing but there's one other thing about God which is that he is also all loving and he reveals his character in the way that he sees his people in this moment, in their struggle. And he, he does the impossible of bringing them to life again. If he does show us his character in this vision, how much more does he reveal his character to us when he becomes one of us? When he's Jesus.
and he wanders around through the valley of the people of Israel, as it were, and he, he's bringing sight out of blindness, and he's bringing wholeness from leprosy, and he's bringing dead people from their graves, even as the Lord does in the vision. That's what God is like. That's his character. That's his nature. He is all loving. He's the God of the great reversal. His, his, his leaning is always towards wholeness and it's always towards life. And so when we say, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know, we're not just set, throwing our hands up in resignation, but we're resolving to trust a God who is all powerful, who is all wise and all knowing, who sees the end from the beginning, but also a God who is love. And who we see in the scripture is working in our broken world to bring it to a place of wholeness. And it's to his character that we trust marriages that are broken, relationships that have gone wrong, finances that are in a mess, addictions that we can't break. It's to his character that we trust the world that we're a part of and all the pain and injustice that we see. We say, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. If you've got something you need to trust to him today, why not use that as a prayer?